Ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen you are now, 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 now listening to two, 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 the P13 Podcast. Yeah. All right, welcome back to the P13 Podcast with your host, Michael, and back with the informational Han Solo, the deep, like, soulful voice of one such as Mr. Isaac Hayes I used last week. Mm-hmm. Got to think of a new artist. I actually just hit a roadblock. Maybe Uh we've used Marvin Gaye. We've used Isaac Hayes. Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Well, you heard that voice there. That is the one and only Mr. Thomas Conway. Yes, it is. How are you, sir? I'm hanging in there. You're hanging in there. You got the headband on today. Little headband. Switching up. Switching up my style. I like it. As I said, it's very sporty. Thank you. Like sporty spice. Uh, sure. I was going to say, okay. yeah, Sporty Spice. I I'll told him it. on the way in here, he looks like he may have done choreography. A B-boy. A B-boy. Right? That's what they, that's the, the correct terminology for a break dancer, correct? I th- yes. Or no? I think so, yes. Oh, okay. All right. But I feel like. I heard it from John Koo. There's various names in that world where yeah. I feel like you could use B-boy, break dancer, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Can you pop, lock, and drop it? I cannot. I can see walk though. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, w- I feel like we have I got to some see decent the- dance moves. I feel like you should. We need to get that on a post, or that could be our first TikTok. It could be. We have yet to create a TikTok account. We are trying to hold out. How much longer do we want to hold out? I don't know. Until we get someone to manage it. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm not going to spend my time doing it. <laughs> Can so, well, unless someone wants to, unless someone wants to give us some NFTs for it, if you really want to see us do a we'll TikTok, we'll give you NFTs. No, they could give us NFTs or coin on TikTok. Is that the currency for us TikTok? to start one? Got it. For for us to start one, you listeners have to drop us. Give some, us an NFT. It can be a teddy bear. That's fine. <laughs> nah, I'm just, <laughs> we're just messing with y'all. It is another informational episode for those who have been listening for a while. We just want to say thank you. If you're new, welcome in to this podcast. We got plenty more. You can look back wherever you're listening to this. It could be Spotify, it could be Apple, it could be any other major source for your podcast, but take a listen back to some of our previous episodes. You can also keep the conversation going on our Instagram at project 13 gyms. So leave us a line there. How are you doing otherwise though? Pretty good. Got a cavity filled today. How'd that feel? Uh, I mean, it was fine. It was, it was very quick. They were very quick. I was happy with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the, I mean, nobody I think really likes it, but the numbness really annoys me. Ah. Um, did they so, have to stick the needle in there just so like they could? Yeah, but they did a little topical first and then the needle. <sighs> and, uh, and yeah, just, I don't like the feeling. I don't like it. It's, it's, uh, weirds me out a bit. I can see um, that. But the numbness just is, Pretty much just about fully worn off now. Are you starting to get like the tingly feeling? Like you're starting to get some. It's like a cool back? sensation. Ah. Like when you fall asleep on like, uh, or like your leg falls asleep. <laughs> you know how it like goes really tingly and then it like it's kind of cool. Yeah. 
You're at yeah, that cool face. Like that. Yeah. But oddly enough, there's a part of my face that is forever numb. Oh, really? Yeah. How so? Uh, I got reconstructive jaw surgery. When? This is new to me. Really? Yeah. You didn't know that? I did not. Uh, I was 20. So, um, just jump off a roof. No, it was an (laughs) orthodontic jump off a roof head first. Yeah. It was an orthodontic, uh, procedure or well, I mean, I guess a maxillofacial facial procedure, but to correct my bite. Oh, now I feel like an idiot for saying that, but okay. I did not know that. (laughs) No, don't feel like an idiot. Yeah. So I have, I think 14 screws and four plates in my face. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't know unless you see an x-ray of my Yeah, you could not tell. Yeah. I mean, they're really small. They're really small. but So it's not a God-made jaw structure. It is a man-made jaw structure that you have. Yes. Yeah. In a way. In a way. Yeah. But it was was quite an experience, let me say. So you've had a lot of work done on on your face. You could put it that way. (laughs) When you say it like that, it sounds like I've got plastic surgery. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the topics of it's our actually a good podcast. segue. It is a nice segue because I dealt with a lot of pain ah. with that procedure, and we'll be talking a little bit about pain. We today. will be talking a little bit about pain today, but this and more so in terms of training. As you know, we do talk a lot about training in here. We see it as a way to complement your life. Use that as a way to prolong your life, achieve better performances and maybe some of your recreational activities or hobbies. And probably the most important thing is just to move well in your day-to-day. For example, lifting groceries. If you have been keeping up with our weekly podcast, you know that we recently talked about body awareness. Knowing how your body moves in movement. <laughs> for lack in of better space and time. Something that is an extension of this topic and what we will be getting into today, the topic of today is listening to how your body responds to training. Similar to that episode, knowing how your body is responding is valuable to know when you may need to put your foot on the gas pedal, when you need to hit the brakes, or maybe coast at your current level. As we have said before, training is a very individualized item, so what you may be feeling is an exercise in an exercise may not be what someone else may be feeling. So let's get into it. What can we say about listening to your body's response to training, Mr. Conway? So our our body responds to training in many different ways. And a lot of times we think about these in with a positive association. So examples of that would be your body responding by gaining more muscle, your body responding by losing fat, your body responding by improving cardiovascular function, And all of these are chronic uh, adaptations to the stimulus that you provide your body in training, right? And those are all very good things. And that's why, that's why we train. That's why we think training is really valuable because it's obviously a really good tool to keep you healthy. Um, But it's also important to understand that your body can respond um, negatively to certain forms of training or to certain amounts of training, Mm. right? And so this is where it kind of ties into that body awareness episode. As we mentioned in that episode at the end of it, it's very important to be aware of how your body is feeling because your body is going to be sending you those signals, again, whether positive or negative. And if you are choosing not to listen to the negative, the negative responses from your body, those can become uh, more problematic 
over time. Ooh. So you talked about, so you touched on it a little bit, like looking for some of those negative responses. What can, what can we look for? Yeah. So, um, so the most basic, well, and also too, there's different things that will determine, and we've talked about this at probably various points throughout the, the podcast, but there's um, certain things that if you're not paying attention to them can contribute to those negative, negative responses. So an example would be dosage of exercise program structure, or I guess you could also think of that as exercise selection. Or if you're not paying attention to your recovery, those can be some factors that will potentially lead to the negative responses. So the most obvious negative response is going to be pain, mm. right? Big one. That's like number one on everyone's list, I feel. <laughs> that's number one. And that's honestly like probably the one, right? I mean, there's there's some other ones that we'll maybe touch on. But pain is is the the biggest one that I'm kind of thinking of and that I was kind of thinking of in, in coming up with this episode. There's a couple different ways we can look at pain. And we, we had a conversation with Dr. Chandler. And if you haven't listened to that episode, give that one a listen because we, we do kind of dive into a little bit of pain science on that one. So you can check that one out for, for kind of a deeper look into some of the the science of pain. But just from a general perspective, we have pain that can happen kind of what I would call intra-session or like within a training session, and that's going to be more acute. Then we have pain that's going to happen, again, as a chronic response to training. What would you say? Would you say acute pain would be maybe like, I feel a, a something in my back, like a twinge, or would you... It could be, and this is kind of the interesting thing that I'll often tell people or have a conversation with people when they do experience something mm -hmm. like you just, like a case like you just laid out. Oftentimes, that pain that they experience in that moment is a delayed manifestation of dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And so in that case, yeah, the pain is acute, but the problem that caused the pain is probably from a chronic issue. Say that person is not very capable of hinging at their hips mm -hmm. and they just always, always hinge at their lumbar, right? And you do that enough times with enough intensity and with enough load, then eventually there's going to be a, for lack of a better way to describe it, a straw that broke the camel's back, which in this case, it's a human. But the rack isn't broken. Don't worry, it's no, not no, broken. No. So the the cause itself is maybe kind of chronic, but maybe maybe a better example of like an acute training injury would be like a, like a muscle tear, you know, gotcha. which has happened. It's not common, but there was an instance in the gym where that happened to somebody, and it was it was kind of random. Like they were just bench pressing a weight that they've done a million times, and their pec just tore for no apparent reason. So that's an acute injury, right? And that's going to create any an acute pain sensation. Mm -hmm. But then I guess there's also too, like a, another example that just popped into my mind is somebody last night was doing some goblet squats, not extremely heavy. And they just said, they just called me over and said, hey, like when I do these, I'm getting this pain on the inside of my knee. So we had a little conversation that 
is something where she hadn't experienced that prior to that moment. And so all of a sudden it kind of appears to come out and come out of nowhere. The difference we could say is somebody that like their knees always kind of ache or hurt after it's like dull, but it's just session. constantly. Yeah. It's just like always happening. there. Right. Yeah. So that's something that it didn't happen from a specific training instance necessarily, mm-hmm. but it's something that they just deal with longer term. Got it. Yeah. So those are kind of the differentiators there. So then thinking about pain and we'll touch a little bit more on the nervous system down the line in the conversation, but basically I always tell people, and I told this person last night as well, that your body is very, very smart. It's very intuitive. Yeah. Right. And the nervous system has been around for uh, longer than humans have. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's a very highly evolved um, system and it's very good at what it does. It's very good at notifying you. And yeah. Your body has. Uh, sensory neurons known as nociceptors that sense potentially damaging stimuli, right? And so that is, that's, that's what pain is, right? Mm -hmm. Your pain is your body being like, Hey, there might be something wrong here. And that's also important to say might because it's not always, and we talked a little bit about this with Dr. Chandler, pain is not always necessarily associated with damage. Yeah. Right. There's a very, there can be a learned behavior yeah. to p- towards pain is what exactly yeah uh, what i remember from that yeah it's that or it could be for some reason just some other for some other reason not necessarily learned but some like psychosomatic yeah there's there's a fascinating story of a guy that is actually a pain scientist that i'll try to make this brief but he was walking through the australian bush and he does this hike all the time And he stepped on a, or scuffed his boot, he said, on a stick. But what he didn't know is that that actually was not a stick. It was one of the most venomous snakes in the world. I heard about this story. Yeah, that bit his foot. And then he continued to have a reaction to the venom, of course, and woke up in the hospital like a few days later. Fast forward a couple months, six months after that, I think, he's hiking again in the Australian bush. And he scuffs his boot on a stick again. This time it actually was a stick, but because of his most recent experience with that same kind of instance, his body actually started having the same reaction that it did to the venom. So that's again where the words might be damaged, like might there might be tissue damage or a potentially damaging stimuli. So... It's not always actually damage, but it's your body perceiving it as a possible threat that mm. causes the pain. I was going to make a, a, a dumb reference, but it was going to be like, Throw you know, when there. you start, you see like maybe something that looks like an orange and you think it's going to smell like an orange. This is like away yeah. from pain. But yeah, yeah. same concept. And you eat it and it's, it's a grapefruit. Yeah. And then you're like, this is not what I wanted. Trying to lighten that mood on there. Yeah. Cause that was very, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was an intense that. story. Um, um, but yeah, you're very right. Right. Like, so our expectation creates our reality, right? It's like those Instagram means, but yeah. And it's like the matrix, the matrix. So bringing it back to the gym, like 
going back going to somatic pain i know you it, it, you have it here in the notes what would be classified as some of those things there there's there's uh in, in preparation for this episode i was doing some just research additional research on pain there's many many different types of pain but like what we see in the gym is uh no susceptive pain and would be further classified as somatic pain which soma means body and that's basically that basically means like it's injury or harm potentially to tissues like muscles ligaments tendons all that stuff we're not dealing with things like visceral pain which would be like for your internal organs and stuff like that which sounds terrible. that's problematic yeah that's you don't <laughs> want to, yeah um then it's also important to note that pain is very very subjective right not only is it a phenomenon in the sense that like your body can manifest it itself out of nothing, but it's very subjective. So every individual person has a different pain threshold, but you're not going to feel pain the same way that I feel pain, not just in terms of intensity, but in terms of how it feels. So it's always a very interesting experience to, I mean, both you and I have this experience in the gym a lot with people where they'll say this hurts which is a very general statement yes. and we'll say, okay, can you describe it to me? And usually the initial response is, I don't know, like it just like hurts. And so then we have to ask more probing questions. I always have a list that I, that I list off. Is it dull, achy? What are the other ones? Sharp, tingly, hot, burning. And those are just some adjectives that we use to label the pain that mm -hmm. then helps us understand it a little bit better. But at the same time, it's still very hard. You know, yeah. it's this dance that you have to play with this person, which is normal. That's normal. You know, like People should not feel bad if they can't really describe their pain. It can be even hard for those who are experiencing pain yeah. to, dis to discuss it because there's so many other factors, especially if it's an acute side. Exactly. Acute injury to that. And again, the big thing being that, like, I don't know actually what you're feeling. Yeah. We can use words in the english language to try to can you use scales describe what it is you can use scales zero, like zero to ten but it's still like just a very subjective and individual experience which makes it really kind of fascinating mm -hmm. but so there's yeah so that's what we got to remember then also too we have to remember um that some of it like we kind of said briefly before is psychosomatic in nature mm -hmm. or there is no actual damage done and so an example of this is like, think of, of uh, fear of doing a certain exercise. Like a deadlift, I feel like is one of the bigger ones yeah. where we see a lot of people come in and they always like, oh yeah, I, my, I, I've hurt my back in the past doing, doing deadlifts. deadlifts. Yeah. And, and so then, you know, and it's not uncommon for that person to then try to start doing deadlifts and almost feel pain before they actually start doing them, mm -hmm. right? And then it can just get exacerbated by your own thoughts and your mind. And again, going back to like some of these things that we defined earlier, it's because the body is sensing potential damage, right? It's, it's creating an expectation, which then is your reality that you're experiencing, which is starting to get pain in your low back. Oof. Yeah, the pain science stuff can go deep. really, really deep, and we won't, you know, we won't go any deeper than we already have really yeah. with it. I was gonna say I was feeling that same thing because as you're listening to this podcast, I've sprained my foot 
playing yeah. basketball. Not yeah. the ankle. Everyone's always saying, how's your ankle? I was like, it's not my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> He's not salty about it's it not, at all. No. It's my foot. Get it right. It's my foot. <laughs> but even things like, like just anticipating that there's going to be pain or knowing like, oh, I'm going to push my foot in this way. I already know there's going to be pain. So maybe I might step away from it or, and like literally step away. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's just like uh, validating all those facts here that you just said is like with the somatic, with the um, psychosomatic, Mm -hmm. your mind's already telling you that's going to be painful. Let's if we can try it. Okay. I feel a little, maybe even if it's like on a scale of one to 10, it's like, maybe one or half yeah, of one, yeah. it might be exacerbated up to an eight. Just yeah. Because you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Because it can is... just snowball. I mean, we all know that our mind just like, our mind can, you know, take small thoughts and turn them into like big fears. Mm-hmm. There are examples of this in like professional sports. There are some athletes that had bad bad injuries and just like never were themselves. That's what they always, the the commentators will always say. They're just not themselves anymore. Like Derek Rose is yeah. probably one of the best examples of that towards ACL. He then after that point, he wouldn't, he, he had a hard time like driving into the lane. Exploding. Yeah. yeah you know, cause he was, fr- I mean, rightfully so, right? Like the body wants to protect itself. And so yeah. if it senses that potentially harmful stimuli, then it's going to, it's going to try to, well, convince you to not do that thing to do otherwise yeah. so going back into the gym and you touched on this topic intercession talking about what we our body might feel or how our body's response might be to training well, let's talk about that area a little bit more and and like from session to session or from workout to workout exercise to exercise things like that yeah so intercession things that would be like the twi- feeling the twinge when you're doing when you do a movement tightness in a specific area after doing a movement like sometimes people will tell me after a set of deadlifts instead of feeling it in their hips they feel like they get like a big low back pump and that is probably just an indication that you're maybe not accessing as much well I guess you could look at it two different ways you're not accessing your hips as much as you could therefore you're dumping into your lumbar spine or you are trying to get excessive range of motion beyond what your hips are capable of doing. Mm. And again, specifically in the, in the case of a hinge. So you're going outside of your hips capacity to flex. Then therefore the back is having to do a lot of work in that bottom position. That's that tightness in a specific area. Your muscles will get pumped, but like pay attention to which ones do get pumped when you're doing certain things. Cause that can then direct uh, or indicate are you using the muscles that you are trying to, I guess. Is, is your body that? responding the way that you want it to That respond. you would expect, yeah, that you would expect given the exercise that you're trying to execute. So then it's also important to di- be able to distinguish between discomfort from training and pain. And mm. this is another thing that we have to talk about with people. And probably the best example of this is flexibility. When we do flexibility stuff, uh, a lot. My favorite is uh, my favorite is Winchell. Uh, shout, out, <laughs> shout out Winchell. I won't throw you under the bus too much. A lot of times when we do stretches, uh, yeah. A lot of times when we do stretches, Winchell's like, "This hurts," and I'm like, "Okay," like, and I I have to have a conversation with him about what does it feel like, and 
And we always can get to a point where I can get him into the, the proper position to give to provide him with the, the feeling that he should get. But even then he may still perceive it as painful, Mm -hmm. but it's a, and we see this a lot with people when they first start stretching is they feel that it's painful, but it's actually just the stretch sensation, which is normal. And it's not pain in the sense of, or pain in the way that we like talked about and described earlier. Where you blow out a bicep or a tricep. Yeah, exactly. Or just strain it. Strain your foot playing basketball. Strain your foot playing basketball. Yeah. Like that is, that is pain that you don't want. Right. Yeah. But pain from a, or quote unquote pain from a stretch, which is again, that stretch sensation is, is what you do want when you're trying to work mm-hmm. on improving flexibility. One thing I might add to that is just like, is taking that information. I guess the best way is to hold on to that information that you felt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's something just so you have a reference point when you have to do that again, you can kind of understand what you're it's going back to the topic is like listening to your body's response to that stretch. Yeah, exactly. And that's a great, great way to put it because if you experience that sensation significantly when you first start stretching to the point where you're like, man, this is so uncomfortable. I don't even think I can hold this stretch. But then two months later, you do that same stretch and you do it to a deeper range, but you're not experiencing the same intensity Mm -hmm. of that sensation, which again, you may perceive as pain, then like that's good. You know, your, your body is adapting to that flexibility stimulus that you're providing it, which is good. More range of motion is generally, generally good. Does that lead us nicely to something that we have here is like other sensations during a sessions that are outside of pain? Yeah. So the only ones I could really think of, again, like we said at the beginning of the episode, pain was going to be probably like the biggest, the biggest thing, but there's things like excessive neural tightness. We'll kind of touch on that a little bit here shortly and, and we'll go deeper into the, not the cause of it, but the thing that is causing it, that being the nervous system in which people experience that, um, from my understanding and my understanding is very novice as it relates to this. But from what I've heard from some other practitioners that work more in this field, it seems that neural tightness tends to present itself most in the adductors and hamstrings. And it could be because of its relative to position to the, to the central nervous system, Mm. that neural tightness People that experience that might think, man, my adductors are always so tight or my hamstrings are so tight, thinking that it's the, t- the tissue itself that is the problem when it could actually be uh, like more related to your nervous system and just you doing too much, mm. right? So that was something that that is something that I do experience as I start to do too much is my ad my groin and my hamstrings will get really really tight and even then as much as i stretch those areas they don't really open up right it's not until i take my foot off the gas a bit and spend a little bit more time on recovery that those areas then start to open up that's called listening to your body 
That's right. Responding to what you're doing. That's right. <laughs> Making adjustments. It's Making important. adjustments, which maybe it could be another episode down the right, road. Right, right. But then the other thing that, that I just came to mind is just fatigue and lack of energy, right? If you're always tired going into your training sessions, like... That's a sign. That's a good sign to, to yeah, listen. Exactly. Say, hey, like... Like, maybe just dial the intensity down for a week, two mm-hmm. maybe, if you need to, because time is always on our side. People get a little bit too stuck in this, like, short-term, I need to get fit by beach Three season. Yeah, and it's like, well, I mean, that'll come and go quickly. Why don't you just try to focus more on the longer term? And in that case, you have just like years, tons and tons of years, or hopefully we all do. But yeah, so those were the only other two sensations that you could experience, I thought of, in a, in a training session that would be providing information to your body. How about chrono- chronicle? Oh my gosh. Chronicles this, of Narnia. The chronicle. <laughs> <laughs> Chronic pain. How about things that are not things, but I should say signals that you should listen to when you are having things like chronic pain. Yeah. So, well, so there's chronic pain. So these are, these are kind of signals that could be chronic instead of acute. So like there's pain itself. If you just always are, if you constantly have pain in your low back or pain in your knees or anything like that, that just doesn't go away. Like that's a sign that you're probably, you have been moving in a certain way that is not suiting you well, Mm -hmm. right? Then just excessive stiffness in certain areas. We talked a little bit about the neurological tightness. This outside of neurological tightness, this can present itself similar to pain in a certain area, but it could just be like stiffness in a certain area. You know, when I did a lot of back squatting, my low back wasn't necessarily painful, but it was pretty chronically stiff, right? And so... It's like hard to get into a pancake position or a Hard to get into a pancake, but fold. also I would notice it most when I would wake up. Ah. Like in the morning, I'd just be like, my back is stiff. Like it is just not moving very well. So again, that's a sign from my body being like, hey, there's something that we're doing that is causing this, right? There's a cause for everything. You always being tired poor sleep, appetite fluctuations. Yeah. So those are some other things. And all of those things are often tied to the definition of overtraining, Mm -hmm. which again, there's a whole discussion on, is that a thing or not? But there's definitely some form of it. Call it whatever you want. Overtraining, under recovering. I don't, I don't care. Call it whatever you want, but there is a phenomenon in which a person can do too much Mm -hmm. as humans. Our capacity is limited, right? We're not all Matt Frazier. But that one dude who's in the Navy SEALs who has his book, we're not like him either. David Goggins. <laughs> David Goggins, who it is. There's very few people that have capacity like that, yeah. right? And even they have their limits. Yeah. So those are some other chronic issues that you could see arising from, or, or those are chronic signals that your body can be sending you that are responses from your longer term training. So then how do you pick up on those? Because it's pretty difficult unless you're, um, unless you're very, like very, very intuitive, which it's hard to do. Like, how do you pick up on some of those things? So unfortunately it kind of has to come down to you trying to be more intuitive. That's one thing, you know, it's like what we talked about with the body awareness episode is just try a little bit more, but we do have a hard time building those connections or I guess finding those links between what I'm experiencing now and what could have been the cause. Mm. 
And especially with how many different things that we do throughout our lives, we're sitting a lot, right? So it could be that that's causing someone low back pain. It could be the way that they have deadlifted for two years, causing them some chronic stiffness. So it's really hard to draw those connections, more so with the the chronic pain stuff than the acute pain stuff. But so you do kind of have to just be very attentive. And that is where us as coaches have that responsibility to check in with people and ask them, how is this feeling? Because a lot of times, too, people maybe wouldn't say anything unless we ask them specifically. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of times where even the the girl with the knee thing last night, I don't think she was going to come up and tell me that. It's only because I went over there and said, hey, how are these squats feeling? And then she kind of said, oh, yeah, like, you know, I'm starting to feel this like little thing on the inside of my knee. That's... That's another thing that can make it easier, I guess. It kind of goes back to having a coach or having someone that you can at least have a verbal dialogue with about what you're experiencing. And be honest. And be honest, yeah. (laughs) Be honest with them. Be honest with yourself. I think that is another piece of it that people maybe don't want to, maybe there's some ego involved and they don't want to admit that what they're doing is maybe not the best for them because that's another piece of it too is people get tied to the way that they're training, right? For example, say someone really, really wants to get good at snatches. Kim Tran. Kim Tran. Keep going at it though. You're doing good. If that person experiences severe shoulder discomfort or pain when they snatch or after they snatch, it's probably not going to be the best thing for you to do, right? But that might be hard for them to give up on, right? If it's something that they really want to get mm-hmm. good at, and that applies to all different Anything, kinds yeah. Yeah, of movement. So um, it comes back but, down but to listening. Yeah, it comes down to listening. And then it's just a question of what do you, what is your threshold? What do you want to, what do you want to deal with? If that person is fine with potentially having a labral tear, then that's fine. That's, that's their decision to make. So that's in the training and we touched on a little bit with the non-training, like sitting. Um, what are things outside of training that you need to account for? Yeah, well, that just goes into the, the whole allostatic load conversation that we had. Be aware of your body could respond to training differently if you're going through other challenging obstacles outside of training. A good example, if you are... Uh, fun employed and you don't have a child and you have tons of time and like you saved up a bunch of money from your previous job and you have just a bunch of time to work out for like six months you could do that and your body might respond very well to training because there's very low stress outside of your training itself Mm -hmm. but fast forward two years from that point, if you now have a very stressful job, uh, you got married and had a child, and you have all these other responsibilities, and you try to do the same training load, intensity, all that stuff, your body could respond completely different, mm-hmm. right? Also, too, because of the fact that you're two years older. So yes. circumstances matter, and so that's where we need to keep those in mind. If you're and, and it can be, that was a pretty long time frame, but it could be week to week. You could have a week where you're pushing a deadline at work and try to go in and train really hard. 
and you might just not have it, right? So this is where it gets back to adjusting, adjust as needed. And also understanding too, that you won't necessarily have to dial things back indefinitely, right? Yeah. It might just have to be a week or two or, or whatever. But those are those other non-training factors that I think we need to keep in mind when we talk about our the impact of training on our body. Yeah, so when accounting for the stuff outside of training and in training, if we cause too much damage or provide the body with too much overall load, the nervous system comes becomes taxed and that's where we can start to experience some of those negative long-term consequences, mm. right? And that's going to have an impact on our entire system, not just our joints and ligaments and muscles. Like it can start to impact our, our gut and it can start to impact our just, just the, like other health biomarkers of our body, hormones, all that stuff. So then what would you say to the audience to pay attention to as you're going through a, your daily life and like your training sessions and all that? Yeah. So one, if you feel pain, that shouldn't be normalized. And what I mean by that is like, yes, pain is a normal experience and we should be able to talk about it openly. Um, so it should be normalized in that way. But what I mean is you should not be like, oh, I just, my back hurts. That's just the way it is. Or it could even tie into like, uh, like your family, like, oh, my family has bad backs, right? That narrative needs to be changed. So if you p feel pain, it's usually, it's usually your body sending you a signal that something is not right. Yeah. And again, back to how smart the nervous system is, how intuitive it is. Like it is the most complex advanced system that we know of almost. And so again, it's very good at what it does. So it lets you know when your nose is running. Right. Is that it? No, I don't know. I, just, I, I mean, I guess it does. No susceptors on the skin near the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like pay attention to those. And, and, then, and then from there, once you accept that it shouldn't be a normal thing, then we can start working on different things to try to resolve it. We need to change the mindset of I should feel like shit after training. You know, I think that's a pretty common commonly accepted way of thinking that Very like much. I should just be crushed, just crushed from my training. Doesn't mean you should never have a training session that kind of pushes your limit and pushes your threshold. But when it happens really frequently. And I you mean, start feeling those biomarkers like you were saying, or not biomarkers, but the markers that you were saying earlier, like fatigue, lack of sleep, yeah, all those yeah. other things. Well, and then that can affect those biomarkers, right? I mean, there's one of the consequences of, too much training, immune system weakness, right? Like your immune system goes down. Hormones, probably vital hormones would, would go down. If you train way too much, like T is going to go down. Yes. It just is. We need to change that so that, so that it's not, it's just not, you know, I just hear so many people say like, oh, I'm so wrecked from this. That means it was good. And it's like, That's maybe, but Again, context matters, and also how often are you like that? Because preservation should more so be the goal. Preservation and recovery from 
that hard stimuli, which means you should generally feel good, not wrecked and just walking around all stiff. And then training should allow you to move more and more freely. And so that's another, I guess, signal that I think people should pay attention to is, are you able to do more than you were previously? And I don't just mean in the sense of, are you able to squat more? Yeah. Like, sure, that can be a good measure for some things, but it's more so, do you feel like you have more energy to play with your kids for longer? Yeah. Right. And run around with your kids for longer and to, you know, climb with your kids and not have pain and tightness and not need to be like, Oh, I can't do that because... Oh, hold on. I got to hit a warm-up really quick before I go to the yeah. jungle gym with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we should be thinking a little bit more about stuff like that. Yeah. And, and not just the example of having a kid because I know everybody doesn't have kids, but it's like playing sports with friends. You should be able to move pretty freely through those activities. And so that's just one thing to think about. If you're if if that is getting harder to do, think about think about your training. Does there need to be a, an adjustment made? And with that, avoid the bullshit. Avoid the bullshit. Thank you again for listening to the P13 podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This podcast was produced by Project 13 Gyms and a special thanks to Studio Pod Media for providing the studio space and additional production. So absolutely. You can find us on social media, on Instagram, at Project13Gyms. You can find myself at Kemifan, that is K-E-M-I-F-A-N. How about you, Thomas? Where can they find you on your social media? You can find me at Conway Bunga, that's C-O-N-W-A-Y-B-U-N-G-A. You can also check us out at Project13Gyms.com, and if you're in the SF area, Come train with us at Project 13 Gyms in Lower Knob Hill.